How we doing today, church? How we doing today, church? Good. Praise God. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Sounds all right. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, right? Yeah. That's good. So I've got something exciting to, to show you guys today. Uh, so this week we'll be actually launching our church app. Woo! So many of you may not have known, but we've been in the background for the last couple of months, and we've been actually putting this together for you. Now, the benefit of having this church app extends far beyond just this house, but it, 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 help, sorry, it helps us to be connected and also keep up to date with what we're doing as a church. So you don't actually get this instruction a lot in church, but I'm going to ask you to pull out your phone. You can pull out your phone now. Go ahead and pull out your phone. If you have an Apple, I feel sorry for you, but go to the App Store. If you have Android, head head over to Google Play, where it's all supposed to be. And when you're there, I want you to search up Life Source Church Griffith. You found it? Let me know when you found it. And when you found it, I want you to hit install or get, whichever one it is. <laughs> cool? And when you've done that, can I get your hand? Can I get you just raise your hand real quick? Yep, two seconds. Yep, you got it, you got it, you got it, everyone's got it. Awesome. Now we can track where you are and what you're doing. You can't hide from us anymore. For everyone who's saying they're sick on a Sunday morning, we will knock on your door. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. So that's awesome. So part of the the advantage of having the app is not only that you'll be able to see what we're doing here, but you can also see the things that we've done already. So you you can pick up our old services. You can also see what's coming on the church calendar. You can see what events are coming ahead. So it's good to actually keep you up to date not only on uh, the events of the church, but even on grow groups when they might be meeting throughout the week. If you're not part of a grow group, I encourage you, get to a grow group. Find one that fits out and, oh, that fits a, a time that you're available and get to a grow group. Get into community with other people. Amen? All right. So one of the new things that's actually available on the app is actually the ability to give. So for those, for, who's giving online at the moment already? So it's pretty easy to give online, yeah? So that's another thing that's made very available. It's sort of in the middle of the screen there if you want to give. It's a love heart. And it's, it's very, very simple. And it also helps us to keep things sort of organized pretty easily in our own books as well. So on the app, if you're wanting to give, the app actually makes it very easy as well. It also has available all the content that we've actually had in the past. So it's all sort of in the link. You can also jump into the app and book your tickets for a Sunday morning. You can jump into the app and um, you can uh, uh, talk to one of the ministry coordinators who you might be interested in joining their ministry. So it's pretty good. It's, it's very accessible. It makes things very accessible for you as well. Another thing that's on the app that I love is the fact that you can submit prayer requests and you can submit testimonies. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I need to hear your testimony. Look at your neighbor now. Tell him, I need to hear your testimony. It's a way that we encourage each other, and the app makes it easy. You just you open it up. It's a very simple form. You share your testimony. No one knows about it, and then when we know about it, we tell everyone, okay? So you can come in. You can, you can, there's so many more things that we can do. So 
And when you sign in, one of the first things that it asks you, asks you is about push notifications that you would like to receive. Now, these push notifications, they'll make it so much easier for you not to have to remember when something is. Because then that becomes sort of my job or our job here at church. We send you a push notification. Hey, Working Bee is on tomorrow, if you forgot about it. As soon as, you, as soon as we send that out, you get that ding on your phone. It reminds you, hey, that's right, I forgot about that. So it makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Sounds pretty easy? Very good. So look, this is just a startup. This is, we've, only, we've only been working on it in the background for a little while, not too long, and we're still getting to know the app ourselves. So work with us, enjoy it, find all the different things about it that, um, that you like and maybe things that you can show to your friends and your family, and it's a very easy way for other people to get connected into what we're doing here at LifeSource Church. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Thanks, guys. If you need training on the app, uh, I was going to yeah, ask some of your kids. Ask one of the primary school kids walking around here. <laughs> Very good. Thanks for that, guys. We're going to push into the message right now. And well, how, how bad is it that I tell you about a brand new church app that you can go and explore, and then I come and talk to you about being distracted? <laughs> Sounds like a setup, if I've ever seen one. Isn't that ugly? <laughs> I showed my wife these pictures last night, and she just, I said, how does it make you feel? And she just said, it just makes me disgusted. I don't know, it just makes, makes me sick. I said, great, that's what I'm looking for. But distractions, distractions happen all the time. Is that right? How many of us find ourselves distracted so many times throughout one day? Wow. How many find, us, how many find that you can't get through life through one hour without being distracted once? I'm going through my message here. I'm going back. Nah, my bad. There we go. You see... Distractions have been around forever, from the beginning of time. And as we get into the Word today, I pray that we would be highlighted about the places and the areas that we have become distracted, and maybe that we can guard against in the future. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you that you are a God who sees his people, you know exactly what we go through at any given moment, on any given day, in any season, you know what we deal with. You know very well what we're going through. Father, we thank you that we serve a God who is not, un who is not unfamiliar with us, but knows us better than we know ourselves. Lord Jesus, as we read through your word today and as we glean from your scriptures holy spirit we pray that you would convict us where we need to be convicted or that you would show us lord that we would repent from the ways maybe that we're thinking and father that you would bring us back to a wholeness in serving you father we thank you and we give you praise in jesus name amen amen the very first slide that i put up i realized very quickly when I started giving the message in the first service that I'd write it wrong. 
Because I wrote, distractions have become a part of everyday life. And the mistake is that it, they haven't become a part of everyday life. They've been a part of everyday life. Distractions have been around since the beginning of time. If you, if you look at the work of the enemy in the garden, she was distracted. Eve was distracted. Adam was distracted from the task that, that, that God had given them. To take dominion over the land. To be fruitful over the land. And they were distracted from that. Distractions run thick and thin through our society. And it's funny when you're about to share a word on something, God usually gives you an experience to have so that you can speak on it from a place of experience. And literally last Friday, um, uh, Fridays are my day off and I get to spend them with my son. And the first portion of the day, usually I try to maybe put away some laundry or do the dishes or get the house a little bit tidy so that my wife comes home. She's not as upset as she would be. Yeah? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, don't tell you, you're starting to get distracted here, guys. So I would do that. And... While I'm in the course of doing these things, I get a ding on the phone. Ding. So I head over to my phone. And to check a text message or any type of message, it takes you how long? Shout it out. How long should it take? 20 seconds. 10 seconds. So 15 minutes later, when I'm done scrolling, I realize I've become distracted. Put my phone down. Head to the kitchen, go do something else that I need to take care of. And then I hear another ding. So what do I do? I go back to my phone. At least another 10, 20 seconds. So 20 minutes later, I realize what I'm doing. And I, I actually, last Friday, I was actually frustrated with myself. And I threw my, I think about five times, I ended up throwing my phone. I just threw my phone at the couch. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you're about to speak on this. <laughs> But I was so distracted, so distracted, and not on anything that was worthy of my time. It was senseless scrolling, checking on an email that will come whenever it comes, but I just want to, I want to keep refreshing. Distracted, absolutely distracted. And the thing about distractions is, Distractions always pull you away from what's important. That's the truth. It's always something distracting if it pulls you away from what's important. Amen? Can you agree with me on that? If something's important, you're almost guaranteed that there's going to be a distraction. There's going to be an attempt to take your attention. But see, when it comes to things like social media, when it comes to things like telly shows in the next episode of whatever it is that you like to watch, relax, I'm not saying that you're a sinner if you're watching it. I'm just saying that distractions can pull us away, but these distractions, they're pretty obvious. We know that these are distractions. We can highlight those. Like I said on Friday when I was running over to my phone, I knew that it was a distraction. I can tell by how much time I spend on it. 
I can tell by how much time I spend watching senseless YouTube videos of guys digging palaces in sandstone. Some of you might get that reference, some might not. But you spend so much time on something that means absolutely nothing. These are the obvious ones. But some distractions aren't so obvious. Some distractions happen when you think you absolutely, when you, when you believe that what you are doing is coming from a genuine place of service. We can have the best intentions about the things that we do and unknowingly still be distracted. I'll give you a, an example of this in my own life. I, I remember when I was not working at church, the way that I would always view some of the things that I had to take care of as part of my role here at church before I was employed here, I had a bit of a sense that sometimes the serving would become my distraction because I love to serve and I love to help people along. And I realized very quickly that, that that could actually become my distraction. But that was amplified when I started to work here full time. I didn't realize that serving people could become the distraction between me and sitting at the feet of my Savior. I thought that serving people was exactly everything that I should be doing. I should only serve. I should only serve. But little did I know that it was actually in the service that I would be distracted. Even with the best intentions. Even with the purest of thoughts. That I might be distracted. So let's go to scripture and see what scripture says about this. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you to turn to Luke chapter 10, we're going to read from verse 38 to 42. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. This is a very well-known passage of scripture. You would have heard messages from it many times before. We're going to go through it again because I think it's a good message for this season. Uh, Jesus at this time, he's traveling throughout the lands and he's doing amazing things. He's preaching in synagogues and he's healing people. He's seeing people's bonds broken and he's seeing even the demon possessed walk free. He's doing amazing things. And he walks into this town and we catch up with him right here at the door of Martha and Mary. Let's read. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was, Martha was, Martha was, I can guarantee someone's still distracted looking at the church app, with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good position, which will not be taken away from her. Great scripture. It's not the first time you've heard it for most of us. Okay? And there's a few points we're going to take away from this scripture. The first one, 
Martha, the woman who almost gets a rebuke at the end of this passage. One thing that I recognize or that we ought to recognize is that she's actually the one who's hospitable to Jesus. She's the one who stands at the door and says, Jesus, come in. Jesus, come and sit at the table. I want to serve. I want to serve you. Yet at the end of this same passage, she's the one that gets the rebuke. How funny is that? Think about that in your own life. I know I think about it in my life. Lord, I want to do this for you. Come in, into my life. I want to do all of these things for you. Go to serve as much as I can. Because service is where it's at. I guarantee you there's been many a time. I can tell you there's been many a time where I've been pulled up. Micah, Micah. But she's, she's the one that welcomed him. And a lot of times we're the ones, we, we love Jesus. We know that with our hearts and with our minds. And we welcome him in. Lord, come in. Just do as you got to please. I know that whatever it is, you've got something good. And I need that in my life. And then the reaction is to serve. You see, we see a very different reaction from a sister. Martha's sister Mary kneels at the feet of the king. Verse 39 reads, And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. You see, this isn't the first time it's happened to Jesus. Jesus has, Jesus, he said, Jesus has had people kneel at his feet before. In fact, they've done awesome acts of worship at his feet. But Mary recognizes who's walking in the door. She's not only hospitable, she knows where she needs to be. She runs straight to Jesus' feet. Throws herself at his feet. And she listens to his teaching. That's the thing about being close with Jesus. You can hear him teaching you. You can hear his voice when you're sitting in close, sitting at his feet. And it's a beautiful thing. And as I look around the room, I know it's not something that people are inexperienced with. I know in the house that people are experienced or have had experiences sitting at Jesus' feet. And it's the most beautiful thing, isn't it? It's the most beautiful thing when you sit at the feet of Jesus. When you just sit and you listen and you glean and you worship. I love it even more than coming here. I love you. I love your faces, even with your masks on. But there's nothing more sacred to me than my personal time at the feet of Jesus. Amen? So Mary knows that. She gets the opportunity and she runs at it. I'm sitting here. You're not telling me to do nothing. I'm sitting here at the king's feet. But see, Martha here is so well-intentioned. She wants to do something good. She wants to serve Jesus. There's so much to do in the house. They've got visitors. Jesus doesn't travel alone. He's got an entourage. He's got a posse. Right? Travels around with this group of men, men and women, and he walks into this house. Martha sees the work that needs to be done, and she runs to the work. 
But it's so funny that Jesus would actually label the service as a distraction. Martha, you're distracted with much serving. Sorry, just going back to the last point. In Fijian culture and in a lot of cultures, to sit at someone's feet is a deep sign of respect. I know that in many other cultures as well. To sit at someone's feet, I can still remember being a child and sitting at the feet of my grandfather and listening to him tell me stories. In many cultures, it's, it's a sign of reverence. If you go and stand before a king, what's one of the things that they do before a king? You kneel. You kneel before a king. There's this reverence that she has for Jesus, and she understands it for Jesus. Yeah, Martha finds herself serving, distracted with service. Well-intentioned, but distracted. I look around the room, and I can say for everyone in this room, there aren't ill intents. There's no one with an ill intention towards people. We love people. <laughs> we love to serve people. And I know for me, I can't speak for you, I can speak for me, that even in my best intentions, I can be so distracted, distracted by service. Service cannot become our distraction. I repeat, service cannot become our distraction, church. If we allow service to become our distraction, we take our eyes off what's most important. Jesus is in the room. Intention goes there first. You see, I think this part of the scripture really messed with my thinking. Because as Martha's taking care of the service in the house and she's serving all of these people that have come into their home, she does this weird thing because she's angry at her sister. She's upset with her sister. Right? She's serving. She needs help to serve, but she's angry at her sister. But what does she do? <clears throat> she talks to Jesus. <laughs> Lord, do you not care? Lord, don't you care that I'm out here doing this work by myself? Tell her to get up and come and help me. I can tell you right now, if that was me, and I had a sibling sitting at the feet of Jesus, and we had some people to take care of, I wouldn't be talking to Jesus. I'm talking to my brother. Josh, get up, man. What are you doing? He's lazy. Come, pour the kettle or something. <laughs> they had kettles back in those days, didn't they? I wouldn't be talking to Jesus, though. I wouldn't be talking to, to the person who's 
being sit at the feet of. I'd be talking to the person that is in direct relationship with me and knows very well that I've got a task to take care of. But she does this weird thing and she goes to Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you care about me? Lord, don't you care that I'm out here doing this work by myself? Don't you care that I have to take care of these people by myself? Don't you care that I have to try and save this workplace by myself? Don't you care? Don't you care, Lord? You see, I almost question Martha's motive in her service. Because if she truly just wanted to serve, it wouldn't matter what her sister did. Does that make sense? If I truly wanted to serve you, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me whether Steve would come and help me to serve you. If my heart truly was for you to serve you, I wouldn't be bothered whether or not I was there alone. It almost gives the impression that she was serving to be seen. Jesus walks into the house. Jesus, come down. Let me get this. Oh, here you go, Lord. Oh, all right. Let me get some bickies. There you go, Lord. And then she realizes that she's running around. She gets tired. <laughs> she gets tired. And then the first thing that she does is look to someone else who could be helping her and gets angry at her. But rather than addressing her, she goes to Jesus. See, there's something about this conversation that knows that what she's really longing for is Jesus. She really actually just wants Jesus. But she doesn't know how to do it. She doesn't know how to humble herself and just sit down. <laughs> she won't humble herself just to go and sit down next to her sister. Almost like she needs to be seen to be serving. And Jesus replies, by first addressing her distractions. First, he addresses the distractions in her life. Martha, Martha. You know you're in trouble when someone says your name twice like that. Yeah? Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. I'm going to take some license here. Church, you are anxious and troubled about many things. This last 12, 18 months has not been a walk in the park. I don't care how much you try to play it off. You are anxious and troubled about many things. Do I wear a mask? I don't want to wear a mask. Do I get the vaccine? I don't want to get the vaccine. There's so many things. Do I want to follow the government? I don't want to follow the government. I don't want to listen to people when they have to tell me these ideas. I don't want to have to listen to so-and-so as they got this story for me. I don't want to have to deal with that. I've got family that I've got to worry about already. I've got school friends that already need saving. I've got a family uh, uh, overseas that need help. I'm hearing so many atrocities. About, we were just talking about South Africa the other week. So many atrocities happening around the world. 
you're anxious and troubled about so many things. So many things. You're distracted. You're distracted. I'm distracted. I'm anxious. I think one of the only times I really, really get anxious is when I think about the world that my children are growing up in. Probably the main thing I, get, I would get anxious about. You're troubled and you're anxious about so many things. And I love this very next verse. It's quickly become one of my favorite all-time verses. Jesus not only addresses the distraction, but he tells her what she's been distracted from this whole time. And he says to her, but one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I get it. You're anxious. You're troubled. They're all distractions anyway. You need to know one thing is necessary. One thing. Just one. That's too, sim- that's, that's too simplistic, Micah. No. One thing. This one thing. You see, the more we allow distractions, the more we allow conversations, outside of conversation around the cross and the work of Christ, we become distracted even further. We fall away just a little bit more. I get it. You've you've done all of these things and you know all of these things. But one thing, there's one thing that's necessary and Mary's chosen well. I can ask Daria if you can join me, bro. You see, there's one thing that's necessary, and it's not found in your distractions. There's one thing that's necessary, and you won't find it on your phone. There's one thing that's necessary and you won't find it in an app. You find ways that people can translate it for you, maybe, yeah. You find someone else's interpretation of what Jesus has said to them, yes. But one thing is necessary, church. Mary chose well. She chose to sit at the feet of the king of the universe. Church, I put it to you today, we've been distracted. We've been distracted for quite a while. And I know that after this we can go home and I know that you will be able to Go and hit that quiet space and open your prayer closet. 
and spend time at the feet of Jesus. But I want to create an opportunity here this morning. If you're anything like me and you've been distracted, you've been anxious, you've been troubled, you've been distracted, you've had your attention taken away for too long now. As Dario plays, I'm going to open up the front. Because I just want there to be an opportunity where we might come and kneel at the feet of Jesus. It's not that there's something about this place, it's just your step. That's all I'm asking. Your step. So I'm asking if you would join me. I know I need it more than you do. I'm not going to come, I'm not going to come and pray for you. I, I, want, I need to be on my knees just as much as you do. But I invite you. I invite you, church. Join me. Father, we thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of our distractions, even in the midst of our anxieties, even in the midst of our trouble, Lord, you're always 
available. Lord, right now, if there's any of our thinking, dear Father, Lord, of the way that we would allow ourselves to be distracted, the distractions that we would run to, Lord, we repent. Lord, we turn away. We pray that you would renew our minds. Lord, to run to the one thing necessary. That intimate, deep relationship with you. Jesus was so grateful for the cross, the victory in your resurrection. Lord, today, we would even recommit, Lord, We'll turn our eyes from the things that would cause us to worry and set our eyes on you. Cause us to fall in love with you again and again. Or throughout this week, would we find ourselves running to a place where we can kneel at your feet, running to a place where we can surrender our all to you, running to a place where we're not so busy with serving, but running to a place where we can just sit. We can just sit at the feet of our King to hear from you. To worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we love you. Our hearts are surrendered. Doing our lives what you've been wanting to do. Lord, we're not distracted. We're focusing on you. We give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, don't feel like you have to leave. If you want to kneel, stay and kneel. Hey, if there's something that you'd like prayer for, please, I'd love to pray for you. We would love to pray for you. Come up to the front. We'd love to pray for you. For everyone else, enjoy the week. Find that time to kneel at the Savior's feet. God bless you. Enjoy Missions Chaos. We love you.